0: I have a hard time noticing my good traits. I like who I am, but I feel like most positive traits are meant for people who are not like me. Like I just realized I'm ambitious because I just never labeled myself that way. To me, people who invest in the stock market are ambitious or people who start their own business. And I just can't see myself in those people. So when I go after some lofty goal, I don't call it ambition. Every trait that I have has to sound like a pathology or a diagnosable mental illness. So I'm not ambitious. I have a compulsion to achieve. Similarly, rather than having empathy or emotional intelligence, I'd label myself manipulative, but how we label ourselves matters. It's how we see everything around us. So we can see our kindness as positive and call ourselves compassionate, or we can see it as a negative, call ourselves a doormat. We can label ourselves a negative term like serial killer, or we can call ourselves anatomists or crafty. I am not nearly crafty enough to have what it takes to be a serial killer. I mean, I've made a few scarves and things, but like a lampshade made out of human skin, I wouldn't even know where to begin. There's like leather working involved. Seems impossible. I mean, really. And talk about using all the parts of the animal. I mean, these people are eating flesh. They're making necklaces out of teeth. They're knitting beanies out of human hair. It's just incredible. The crafts they came up with. If serial killers had a magazine a la Martha Stewart living, I would 100% subscribe. And the most ambitious people in the world are serial killers. They juggle work and family and stalking and murdering. I mean, when I'm done with my work day, I can hardly convince myself to make dinner. And these guys are going out there, crouching in bushes, watching their victim, going through the whole rigmarole of murder covering their tracks afterward, and then going home and lying to their family about their whereabouts and making up some reason why their shoes are muddy and they have scratches on their face. It's, it's incredible, but I tell you, there's not a thrill great enough in the world to make me even put pants on after 6 p.m. But I mean, you know, it's a passion project for them, like my podcast. So I guess you know, we're really not all that different. I feel like if I were a murderer, I'd be more of a Tusk guy. You know, that movie where the psychopath turns Justin Long into a walrus by giving him a whole bunch of surgeries to alter his body composition? Relatable. (laughs) Absolutely, that's what I would do. But I would have to create my own animal. I'm not just gonna that pick a walrus and, and leave it at that. That's, that's just bizarre to me. Why wouldn't you want to make your own thing? It's something new. Like, so I would start by sewing the toes together, which I mean, you know, seems obvious, but I think I'd also gather some skin from other parts of the body to create a webbing sort of effect. And then I'd cut their butt in half to make like two smaller butts stacked on top of each other. I'd remove their fingernails and glue them to their eyelids to make like a hard feathered eyeshadow. Um, Gosh, what else could I do? Maybe put an eyeball in their belly button? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't have the sort of creativity it takes to be a serial killer. I feel like my morality won't allow me to dig deeper into this because obviously swapping out human parts for animal parts would be ideal but i'm a vegetarian so it's just like ethically i can't i can't do it would i eat a person you ask well you know cannibalism is a funny thing i mean you watch any post apocalyptic movie And the villains are always cannibals. And it's like enough with the anti-cannibal propaganda already. I mean, God, if you're barely surviving in a collapsed society with no rules and you don't turn to human flesh for sustenance, I just feel like you're a fool. Like, what are you even doing? All right. I'm going to make my argument right here. Okay. Top five reasons to eat people. One, they deserve it you've seen the news Two, When food is scarce, you cannot afford to be picky. It's like that saying about hunger. Like if you're not hungry enough to eat an apple, maybe you're not really hungry. And I feel like if you're not hungry enough to eat your elderly neighbor, like maybe food isn't what you need right now. You know, you may be trying to fill another need. Three, you could keep their clothes. Hello. It's like shopping and eating. My two favorite activities. Bam. Four, less hair than an animal. And I mean, call me crazy, but it really grosses me out to have hair in my food. Five, I saw a dissected body in anatomy class. And it looked just like beef jerky. Need I say more? (laughs) Everybody loves beef jerky. But if you're still uncomfortable with the idea of eating people, just create a ritual around it. Like tell yourself you're paying the ultimate respect by allowing their spirit to live on through you or something. I mean, reality is subjective anyway. Who cares? Just like label yourself like a Dr. Kevorkian type or maybe like a late term abortion activist. I am still on the fence about having kids. I know I want a baby. Absolutely. They're cuddly, like overweight cats. They're cuddly and they have chunky legs and big squishy diaper butts and they'll laugh at virtually anything, which is a huge plus for me. Babies are so damn cute. Like I seriously want to buy little outfits for babies. I barely know just so I can see pictures of them in the clothes. But then I don't want to be like those creepy guys who follow your OnlyFans and comment like, I'll buy you these yoga pants. Because they hope you'll go on camera and bend over far enough for them to see your labia. It's just, just, it's pathetic. And But I mean, my adoration of babies is sick. It is. And it's like even worse than just buying them clothes. I want them to wear like costumes. I like to, I like to do some role play with them. I really love a baby that looks like a librarian. It's just like a thing I'm into. Some women like to buy calendars with shirtless firemen, but I'd like a calendar where every month is just a different baby in a knit cardigan. Count me in. Yup. 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 So I definitely want a baby, but a kid. Ugh. Kids have too much energy and way too many terrible interests. I mean, having a kid into YouTubers would be devastating for me. Just devastating. Imagining my child recording himself dabbing because he somehow believes someone might watch it. It's soul crushing. I don't, I don't think my heart could take it. And I think it's time to create new stages of development like Freud and Erickson are not relevant for today's youth. I mean, they, maybe they have something with the early stages, but I'd say ages seven to 10 is now the YouTube stage where anything is entertaining. If the person saying it hasn't yet gone through puberty, 11 to 13 is the online multiplayer stage here. Their brains aren't yet developed enough to know that they're playing the same level over and over for hours a day with no progress. Sadly, many children regress back to the stage at age 30. Heartbreaking 14 to 15 branches off into two options, the porn stage or the anime stage, and I think most parents listening would think the anime stage is the safer choice and and what they would really want for their child, but you would be sorely mistaken. All that means is that they rushed right past being curious about sex straight into fetishizing. And I will not have my teenage son mansplain tentacle porn to me. I just won't have it. And then 16 to 18 is the poster stage. Wow. Is that an image, but really big. I must hang several of them on my private space to showcase my personality. And I am obviously in the reminiscing about better times and considering doing mushroom stage of life. For men, this stage is called alcoholism. So I do not want kids. I want a baby and I want an adult. In between is all feigning interest. It's just like, oh, what's that, sweetie? Oh, this song about dancing and literally nothing else really speaks to you? Well, no, I don't think that's stupid at all. And I want an adult because I want to go out to coffee with a woman who cares about me, okay? And yeah, if I didn't mention it before, I only want a daughter. Sons can get bent, not interested in sons. Although the electric complex is intriguing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I would never cheat on my husband, but I know that the moment we have kids together, he's going to leave me for a younger woman. Cause men are completely predictable. I tell my husband he's not allowed to resent me for being a nag because then he's essentially Ray Romano. I am allowed to criticize him for buying too many shoes though, because there's a gender reversal there that makes it original. I'm also allowed to be completely insane because Marilyn Monroe made that hot. I just wanna be in like a real genuine relationship and I feel like cheating is so cliche. Having your wife killed for ratting out your crime syndicate to the FBI? original. I could work with that. But if my husband's going to cheat, I really hope it's with a much, much older woman. Like really, if he confessed to me that he was cheating on me with our widowed landlady, I would gain respect for him. He sought out wisdom, not just some floozy. Another original move? Incest. I mean, you'd never see that coming. Your girlfriend would look like a total psycho if she questioned you about it. You'd be like, what, a guy can't hug his sister? A guy can't spend every evening with his sister? A guy can't celebrate an anniversary with his sister? Incest seems complicated, though. I just have to say, like, how do you even get that started? You just, like, test in the waters, like... So, societal taboos. A little silly, would you agree? Or maybe something more subtle, just like a Facebook comment? (laughs) Kyle Rittenhouse is a war hero. You're so funny, Uncle Jeff. Or maybe a bold move. Just go right in for a kiss. I mean, really, what's the worst thing that could happen? Just say you were joking. I once deep-throated a popsicle while keeping eye contact with my brother as a joke. Yeah, no, he didn't go for it. But my mom got a smartphone recently, and we've been texting a lot. But I very quickly realized that I'm way more invested in the relationship than she is. She does that thing where she'll go, well, I'll let you go. Like, she's going to fool me into thinking that I'm the one that wants to end the conversation. And like, I'll text her, I love you. And she'll just send back a heart and not even, not even a red heart, like a yellow one, completely friend zoning me. So now I'm just starting to play head games with her just to keep her interested. I wait hours before replying to her text. So she knows I'm not just waiting by the phone. And then I'll send her like a really sweet text. And then like a minute later, I'll text, oh, sorry, not for you. I'll cancel plans last minute. And if she asks me to hang out, I'll just be like, oh my God, I can't. I'm totally swamped with work. So she knows I like have my own stuff going on. It's working well. We haven't seen each other in six months. So she's still sniffing around. I do try to cut her some slack because she has cancer right now. Stage one, no biggie. Like nothing Nicholas Sparks would write a book about. I think you'd have to be at least stage three for Sparks to get involved. She's decided to skip chemo and just do radiation, which I'm envisioning as like a really expensive, luxurious spa package. I'm really trying to glamorize her treatment. Like she didn't get a lumpectomy. She got a boob job and she doesn't have nausea. She has an eating disorder. It's all the power of positive thinking She doesn't have to take hormone blockers for the next five years. She gets to take hormone blockers for the next five years. Going through menopause again, sounds like someone's aging backwards. The funniest part of all of this, and there are many funny parts is that she said the people at the cancer center aren't even nice. They treat her like they're working returns at Target and she just brought in a defective coffee maker with no receipt. Like, what does this cancer patient want? But you know what I think it is? I think they know she's stage one. They have no respect for stage one at the cancer center. That's like going to rehab for an addiction to marijuana. Like you're basically healthy. Stop wasting my time. But honestly, people don't take any addiction seriously. And my addiction is the most laughable. I'm addicted to sugar, like a child. I don't eat one cookie, I eat every cookie. And if we have no compassion for the junkie on the sidewalk, why would we have compassion for me? Cause I gained 90 pounds in a year. It's silly. My addiction is adorable cupcakes and candy bars and ice cream with sprinkles. So sweet, your foot will fall off. So yummy, you'll go blind. And sugar addiction is insidious because it's so normal to eat sweets that like if you die from stuffing your face, people see it as a personal failure. I was going to suggest we get needles involved so people start taking it seriously, but then I remembered we already have insulin injections, so it did not work. I think we just all need to understand each other a little better. We all love the division though. We keep trying to like jab at the other side. We don't just say abortion is necessary for the health of women who have unwanted pregnancies. We say, I love abortion, like really just rubbing it in people's faces, which, you know, isn't going to help the cause, but we can't help it. We love the division. We love the conflict. And at least a third of the comedy specials released are called like I'm not happy till you're offended. It's like they don't know that anyone can say offensive things. Up until Xbox changed their rules this year, gamer tags were the number one location for offensive comedy. These 13-year-olds have no respect for PC culture whatsoever, okay? But that's not all it takes to create comedy. For there to be comedy, it has to be somehow different from your normal belief system and the belief system of your audience. Like if I were telling my serial killer jokes in front of a group of serial killers and they were all busting a gut, you'd probably feel kind of uncomfortable Cause you want people to laugh because it's absurd. These ideas you're putting out there, they're not, if they just believe it, then it's just like hate speech with a laugh track. It's not really comedy and it's not the jokes that offend people. It is that belief system of the comedian and the audience that offends people. So I'm going to try to demonstrate this by telling jokes meant to be funny, not hate speech disguised as jokes about a group of people I love. Can I just say that it's fucking bullshit that trans people get to name themselves? What I wouldn't give for that kind of power, my preteen self would have been Angie so fast to make your head spin, then I would have been Juliet, then Nikki, then Kitty, and I am realizing I couldn't handle that sort of responsibility. Like when a man is asked to watch his own kids for an afternoon. <laughs> uh oh, Robin Williams had to become Mrs. Doubtfire to do it. And maybe you're like, oh, Mrs. Doubtfire, is this part of the trans chunk? No, it's not. Mrs. Doubtfire was not trans. Mrs. Doubtfire was a middle aged man pretending to be an elderly woman. And that's just not a thing. Although I love the idea of it. I would absolutely love to see all of these 19 year old girls with old souls suddenly dressing like golden girls. It'd be hilarious. And can you imagine the naming options there? I'd kill to be a Dolores. I would, the fucking Estelle, are you kidding me? And yes, this does go back to my fetish for babies dressed like librarians. Okay. Because babies with names like Hazel are the runner up mascot to cats for childless women in their thirties. But trans people, you're giving yourselves away with these names. They're too young. They're too cool. If it sounds like something Ashley Simpson would name her kid, you don't get to have it. You're 30. There were no Brooklyns before 2005. You have to think of the name that you hated in elementary school because the kid in your class who had it was a fucking asshole. And then you go by that. You're Eric, you're Megan, you're Ashley F. Congratulations. You're invisible. And I'm not suggesting you should want to blend in or anything like that. That's just, that's just one way to go. Another option is to all band together to ruin a celebrity couple's attempt at giving their baby the most unique name. Guess what, Elon Musk? There are now 10,000 people in the world named X ash A12. Fuck your fucking baby. And I, I realize that's incredibly confrontational and that may not be the way you wanna go with things, but I don't know. I'm wondering if the tactic to take with some of these issues is aggression. Another issue that really needs to be addressed is everyone feeling like they can ask you about the state of your genitals? That is fucking insane to me, but I feel like there is no way to get people to stop asking because it is just irresistible to the masses. It's like dipping Dots or something. People need it. So instead what you can do, a little aggressive, but I think it could work, is to make, hey, what's going on with your genitals, a universal topic of small talk. I mean, and you know what? I think it could be good for us to have some more transparency with one another. I mean, I never get to share how my privates are doing. And I, and I kind of think it'd be nice. You know, I really feel like the only person who can totally feel your pain on this issue is Michael Jordan because of those Dang jockey ads. Damn it. Boxers or briefs. Boxers or briefs. Can the man live his life in peace, please? I feel like the only person who should be asking you about what's in your pants is the security guard who caught you stealing from Victoria's Secret. That's it. And now I know people have varying beliefs on what makes a real man or a real woman, but to me... Trans men will not be real men until they start abusing power, talking down to women and creating child sex trafficking rings. And trans women won't be women until they start saying things like, Oh my God, I'm like so heartless in relationships. I'm totally like a guy. And I just want to say that if any of the grandchildren I'll never have are listening to this in the future, know that in 2020, these terms were considered politically correct. I'll just save you the research. But if they've aged poorly, I'm sorry, did the big bad comedian offend you? Good. I will now perform a set in character as a serial killer. Hey! The first rule about Serial Killer Club is, we don't talk about Serial Killer Club. But guess who's breaking all of the rules tonight? Oh, and speaking of breaking rules, you ever sneaking around someone's yard and you see their neighbor poking around asking questions? I always just pretend I'm like the cable guy or the PG&E guy. I'm like, "Goa, oh, uh, I'm just uh, out here checking the street out on the thermal what's it. I don't know, man. They just always buy it. They buy it. I'm telling you, I could convince a Catholic I'm the Pope. I, I really could. I don't know what it is, but one time this neighbor guy came out and I just said, "Uh, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?" and he just just went right back in. It's nothing, man. It's so easy. Uh, you know what? I hate though what's what I hate more than a nosy neighbor is a guard dog. Oh man, because then I see the dog and I know I either got to change up my victim or I got to kill a dog. And I just, I'm sorry. I'm just not that guy. I'm not. And I know some serial killers will kill dogs, but the rest of us just refer to them as the EAR. And I'm, I'm just teasing you, D'Angelo. You know, we love you, but you do have some unconventional methods and frankly, they're a little odd. I mean, you're tying these people up, and then you're going and you're raiding their fridge? What are you, my college girlfriend? Who does that? But one thing I'll give it up to him for, though, is, like, at least he's going in their kitchen eating Cheez-Its or something. He's not he's not pulling a Dahmer, you know? That guy's a real a real nut job, you know? And you know that the EAR was caught because a distant relative submitted their DNA to 23andMe? That is precisely why I've never had children. Well, that and the fact that I can only come when I'm standing over the body of a woman I just strangled with my bare hands, but let's not nitpick on the details. You never know how you'll go. You just don't know. You hope you'll never be caught like the Zodiac. You surely don't want the electric chair like Bundy. And lung cancer took out dear old Ed Gein. But at least we have all those lampshades made of human skin to remember him by. I mean, can you imagine getting one of those things as a gift? It's like, gee, thanks, Ed, but uh, I think you left a belly button on mine. Maybe don't quit your day job, bud. I'm getting the wrap-up signal up here, so I'm just going to leave you with a quick story. I was killing a woman once, one of my first victims, so I was nervous, shaky, and completely out of my element. So I close my eyes, and I just start choking her as hard as I can, just waiting for her to stop struggling, but she doesn't. She keeps fighting and fighting, and and then eventually I open my eyes, and I realize I've got my kung fu grip around her memory foam pillow rather than her throat. (laughs) Not funny? Well, I guess what they say is true. Serial killing is a lot like comedy. Sometimes you just had to be there. Thank you so much. That's it for me, folks. Good night.